You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Today's episode, covering the New York Giants, a team that currently leads the NFC East. We are going to be previewing their next matchup against the Seattle Seahawks, one of the hotter teams in the NFL with some of the best players in the league. There is a lot of stuff that we're going to cover here today, Chris, but one thing just to summarize this team as a whole, they're a beatable team. However, they are extremely talented and they're very, very well coached. Yeah, they really are. They are, they have managed to maintain a solid core of their roster. They've been adding some good young players in over the last couple drafts. And Pete Carroll, he remains one of the better coaches in the NFL. They have had their ups and downs over the last few seasons. They're not the same team that went to back-to-back Super Bowls eight and seven years ago. But right now they are in the lead of the NFC West. They are a dangerous team, a very, very dangerous offense, which is something we're going to get into because they don't play offense like they used to. This is going to be a real test for the Giants. This certainly is going to be a test. And the one thing that I think makes this team so dangerous when facing them is if you look at their weaknesses, which in some cases would be debilitating weaknesses for other rosters, they found ways to work away from them and use their strengths to bolster other areas of their offense and their defense. We're going to talk a little bit about those weaknesses being their offensive line and also their pass rush later on in the show. But some of those weaknesses that can really hold back teams, they have still managed to succeed despite having those. That's what makes a team dangerous is when they're coached well enough and schematically prepared enough to still not be held down by some issues that they have on their roster. I want to bring up the first key player and one that I think is extremely obvious. The second one is also very, very obvious in my opinion, but Russell Wilson has to be talked about. This guy is an MVP candidate. He's clearly the best player on their offense, and he is somebody that can make plays on any platform. He can throw from any platform, and he can make any big throw on the field that you need him to. Wilson has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL pretty much for the entirety of the last decade, at least since coming into the league in 2012. You know, a lot of people overlooked him in the draft because of his height. He's 5'11". That doesn't matter. He's got that baseball background. He can 
break the pocket. He can throw on the move. He can change his arm angle. Normally when he's in the pocket, he's got a very over the top delivery. So he can basically put the ball where an average size quarterback can anyway. So that doesn't matter. He's got big hands so he can throw with touch in pretty much any condition. He's got great timing, great anticipation. He's very, very smart. He can read defenses very quickly. He does not hesitate to attack downfield. And right now, he is probably one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. I would say it's basically between Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. And everybody else is looking up at them. You know, he's completing over 70% of his passes, which is second behind Drew Brees. NFL Next Gen Stats has him at 6% above expectation, which is one of the highest marks of any quarterback. But he's doing that while looking downfield. You know, his average pass is going just about nine yards in the air. He's throwing past the sticks just about every single time. And he still has 31 touchdowns to just 10 interception, interceptions. So he's being very, very efficient now that the Seahawks have changed their offense and they are letting Russ cook. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, I don't think anyone is going to disagree with your take there that he's one of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one of the few quarterbacks that I would argue is able to make huge plays on any given week when he's given half-decent protection. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that will crumple when things aren't well protected in front of them. Heck, I mean, Tom Brady is obviously the greatest quarterback of all time, if not one of the greatest of all time. But when things aren't blocked well in front of him, he he doesn't really perform that well. He's not one of those guys that can that can move away from pe- pressure and still make throws just because he's not that mobile. Russell Wilson has that innate ability. When the offensive line in front of him maybe doesn't block things properly and allows some pressure to leak through, he is so hard to get to get brought down by an opposing defense. He can work outside of that pressure. And then not only just make like a simple dump off throw, which is something that most quarterbacks can do, he can make deep, long passes. The game that I watched the most of was their victory over the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night football. And there was a a touchdown in the beginning of the game where he worked away from an opposing pass rush and on the run threw a 20 to 25 yard pass to DK Metcalf in the end zone. That is not an easy throw to make while rolling out, while moving away, and also while being chased down by an opposing defense. No, not at all. And I think that comes down to his baseball background. You know, that's a thing you see with a lot of these quarterbacks who have played baseball at least up until the collegiate level. You know, actually, <laughs> Russell Wilson is, I believe, right now a member of the New York Yankees. You know, he is at least in spring training with them. You know, they have his rights. He has that ability to handle the ball, handle pressure, get out of the pocket if the pocket collapses and make those throws on the run with good timing, with good anticipation and with good touch. And, you know, that is very difficult. That's very high degree of difficulty to make those throws. And he has, unfortunately for him, a lot of experience doing that because the Seahawks have not given him a great offensive line over the years, yeah, especially when it comes to pass protection. It's gotten better recently. There's, they still have some issues, which we'll get to, 
but he is kind of used to putting on his Superman cape and just performing miracles at times to give his team a chance to win. And now he's got probably more help than he has ever had. Speaking of that help, Tyler Lockett is a fantastic receiver. They have a, a, a decent running back group when the group as a whole is healthy and available. They can run the ball well. But the the big name here in that help, in that group of talented secondhand players that he deals the ball to, DK Metcalf has to be mentioned. DK Metcalf has lit the NFL on fire in his second year and since entering the league despite falling into the second round. He's proven that even though he's not very good at cutting or making quick cut type routes, he is still going to burn your defense with deep route concepts. He's going to bully at the line of scrimmage. You're not going to beat him in press. The one thing, though, that I want to bring up here, Chris, is which DK is going to show up. Because there's games where DK has come out and played with his hair on fire. He's, he's played well against guys like Stephon Gilmore, like Darius Slay this past game. Guys that are supposed to be not pushovers. But then we'll see him play against a guy like Jalen Ramsey and get completely shut down. So it, it, it's a big question mark of which DK are we going to get in this game facing against another top quality corner in James Bradbury. Yeah, and I think it really does come down to whether or not he hangs on to the ball. When he does hang on to the ball, he can average right around 20 yards per reception. He can come up with chunk plays, like you said, the 20, 25-yard play uh, against the Eagles last night as we're recording this on a Tuesday. He had 10 receptions for 177 yards. That's 17... 17.7 yards per reception. His first four games, 23 and three quarters of a yard per reception. Against New England with uh, Gilmore, 23 yards per reception. Against Dallas, 27 and a half yards per reception. Against Miami, 26 and a half yards per reception. But then when he has those games where he doesn't quite hang on to the ball, his hands get a little bit suspect. He drops down to like, you know, 50% completion. And that's when he has the games, or that's when he has the games where he's averaging like, you know, 11, 13, 14 yards per reception. He's still going to get a chunk play here and there. But if he isn't hanging on to the ball, and sometimes it's there, it doesn't have anything to do with the corner he's playing against. Yeah, against the Eagles, he burned Darius Slay, was wide open in the end zone, and just dropped the ball. Ball goes right through his hands, hits him in the chest plate, bounces off, no touchdown on a ball you have to catch 10 out of 10 times so like you said it really comes down to which dk is going to show up because if he does show up he is a problem for just about any defense in the nfl he is big he is long he is fast he is explosive he is just a rare physical specimen (laughs) yeah he is not a typical receiver in terms of his physique his build and that has allowed him to physically dominate some of these corners that he's gone against. And the thing that I'm looking here for this Bradbury matchup is how well does Bradbury play him in contested spots? Because one thing we know for sure is that DK is faster than James Bradbury. He is likely stronger than him. He's also clearly bigger than him. But Bradbury has excelled in contested situations. So if he can at least stay close to DK, I think that 
And again, if he's if he's covering him most of the game, I think that Bradbury can win that matchup of knocking any of these contested balls out of DK's hands. But if there's a, just a slight degree of separation, just a little bit too much separation where Bradbury can't make a little bit of a play on the ball, maybe even get a hand on it, DK is going to continue to burn him uh, like we've seen him do against some other good corners. Yeah, and this is where Russell Wilson comes back into play because he is so good at placing the ball. If DK can get into a fight with Bradbury and use his size and strength to create a little bit of separation, or if Bradbury isn't able to disrupt his route at right at the line of scrimmage and DK is able to get a step on him, Wilson is able to put the ball where only his guy can make a play on it, where you know, even if Bradbury is in perfect coverage, there still might not be anything he can do about it. All right, let's br- go into breaking down the offensive strengths for this Seahawks team. The one thing that stood out to me the most when observing their offensive style is that they have fantastic parity. And what I mean by that is that they run the ball effectively, they throw the ball effectively, they have a balanced offensive approach. They like to use outside zone pitches, even some inside zone, a lot of zone concepts to then set up their play action passing game. A lot of their throws, a lot of their passes come out of these play action style plays where where Russell Wilson will obviously fake fake the handoff and then he'll find somebody for a you know a short quick route to get the ball out of his hand quickly. That ability to do both things well makes this offense very hard to slow down. It's it's one of those things where once they get rolling, maybe they don't come firing right out of the gate, but once they get rolling towards the middle of the game, they're very hard to slow down at the final stretch when you need to play your best. Yeah, absolutely. And their ability to run the ball well and also stretch the field with those big chunk shots to DK Metcalf to Tyler Lockett, that really gives them a pick your poison offense because either you can stack the box to deal with their running game or you can leave defenders back to try to pick up Metcalf and Lockett running deep. And yeah, that they will attack whichever one you're not doing. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that makes this defensive game plan a very good Giants defense coming into this game. Their game plan more complicated because do you end up overplaying yourself trying to stop one side of their offense and then get burned and killed by the other? They're one of those teams where I believe that if you try to shut down one side, they are fully capable of then producing with the other side of it. If you try to shut down the run, they're good enough to then throw the ball effectively. So that that is not going to be an easy task, especially dealing with some of the fast explosive weapons that they have at receiver. Now, Chris, I want to discuss the one weakness that, that stood out to me. And surprisingly, this offensive line actually has, according to a statistic that, that you pulled a better protection or has better protection than you might expect. They, they protect Russell Wilson than you'd expect considering the marginal talent that they have out of the group. But one thing that I've noticed that where they break down the most is whenever they try to run a, a deep passing concept, try to stretch the field, it's very easy to get after Russell Wilson and make a play. There's very rarely enough time for Wilson 
to actually read what's happening in front of him and get the ball out. Things can't develop enough because protection tends to break down after a few seconds. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. According to ESPN's uh, pass block win rate, the Seahawks are have a top 10 offensive line. They're at, I believe, eighth overall. They're tied with the Colts, the Chiefs, and the Rams at, I believe, sixth, you know, the sixth highest pass block win rate. But that only measures how well an offensive line can hold up for the first two and a half seconds. So if the Seahawks are stretching the field, uh, going play action, holding onto the ball for two and a half to three seconds, that's when things break down for them. And so far, Wilson has been sacked 35 times. Now, that's not the most in the NFL right now. I believe that dubious distinction is held by the Eagles and Carson Wentz, who, you know, they got six more times last night. But that's still a lot. You know, that for a guy who ha- who is routinely sacked 40 or more times a season, that's a lot. So if the Seahawks are trying to stretch the field, that is an opportunity for the Giants to try to get their pass rush to him. Yeah, that's a horrendous number. That's a, a, a very, very high number of, of sacks. And it's it's weird to hear that they have a strong pass protection rate, a win rate, when they allow so many sacks. And I think where they always tend to get killed, and the reason why I bring up this point, is when they work away from the, the quick passes, the play-action passes, and they try to just straight-up stretch the field. Yes, they can get big plays out of it, but there is a strong tendency for the offensive line to break down in protection and then allow pressures um, and and the opposing defense to get to Russell Wilson. We're going to transition to talking about the defense coming up very soon. Chris, this is a really odd defense to evaluate. We're going to get to some of the statistics that come into play here, but I want to bring up the two main players of note. The first one, the former Jets strong safety, Jamal Adams, who many people know as a hard-hitting, do-it-all safety, and also a very effective player. Uh, and uh, Sorry, a very effective blitzer, rather. The one thing I, I think that we should start this discussion with is that the Giants need to know where he is at all times. Otherwise, they could get hurt badly. Yeah, absolutely. Adams, he is not a great cover safety. He's really more of a box safety. He can deal with running backs and most tight ends over the middle, but he's not an Earl Thomas type safety who can you know, cover huge swaths of field who can, you know, run with slot receivers, run with, you know, more athletic tight ends, but he does pretty much everything else. Well, he comes downhill. Like he's fired out of a cannon. He is a great blitzer right now. He leads the Seahawks in sacks, despite missing a few games with a shoulder injury. And he is great at disguising his intentions as well. So, he is a player the Giants absolutely have to keep track of. They have to know where he is every single play. And, you know, if the Seahawks tape this year doesn't prove that to them, all they need to do is go back and watch their tape of their game against the Jets last year and watch Jamal Adams blow up Saquon Barkley and mug Daniel Jones for the strip sack touchdown combo. (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot of familiarity with Jamal Adams and the the torment that he provided last year against the Jets, a game that I think we all expected 
the Giants to win easily. And a big reason why they were able to win that game was because of the way that Jamal Adams played. He is a guy that can take over a game despite everybody else around him not being very good, which is somewhat of the case for majority of this Seahawks defense. The other guy playing around him and with him is Bobby Wagner. Their starting inside linebacker is another player that is super hard-hitting, is the focal point of this defense, has been a strong veteran presence for multiple years now. He will knock you senseless. He is that type of a linebacker. He he is an aggressive tackler, and he is somebody that I think Wayne Gallman needs to be paying attention to when he creeps his way through whatever slim rushing lane he has in front of him. He needs to be paying attention to where is Bobby Wagner and when is he going to hit me? Yeah, absolutely. Wagner is still one of the best inside linebackers in the league. He is, I he is maybe not super athletic, but he is still athletic. He is very, very smart. He is good at working his way through the trash. And like you said, he is a very hard hitter. Uh, He and KJ Wright, Jaron Reed, you know, those guys form a surprisingly good run defense. You know, the, the Seahawks do not give up much on the ground and giants are going to have to be aware of all of these guys. They're going to have to be on their game. Whoever has to block them. If Wayne Gallman, if it's his job to make one of them miss, he's going to have to make sure he's got a good angle, know where those guys are, and then just prepare to get hit because that's what's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You got to be prepared for either Adams or Wagner to come in like a battering ram to knock the hell out of you whenever you're catching a football or rushing the ball for that matter. Speaking on the strengths, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams both come into play for the strong point of this this Seahawks defense. Now, you hear a lot with this defense how it's not good. It it actually statistically overall in total yards allowed, I believe, is the worst in the NFL, which is not a good metric for a team that's supposed to be one of the better teams in the NFC. But somehow, they are the third... Actually, well, we know the reason why we're going to explain it. That somehow is not the right word. They have the third best rush defense in the NFL in terms of yards allowed. They've allowed 89.3 yards per game. That is a number that the Giants offense needs to pay attention to because a lot of the success has come from an effective running game the past few weeks. It makes sense to an extent, Chris, why they have a good run defense and why they're bad at other things is because they have really good interior defensive linemen um, like Puna Ford and Jaron Reed, and then also Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. Those guys are the big reason why they've done so well against the run. Yeah, they are able to hold up offensive linemen. Those second-level players come downhill hard, they fill gaps, and they make tackles. They are very secure tacklers. You know, We saw the last couple weeks the Giants have been able to pick up yards after contact because you know, Washington, Philly, Cincinnati, those teams are not great at tackling. The Seahawks are. That has been something they have stressed for years now. And they do have a very good, very hard-hitting defense that tackles well. They finish their tackles. Also, their prolific offense, they're averaging 31 points a game. That 
also plays a role. Teams kind of have to abandon the run against them. So that does play a bit of a role in their points per game or their rushing yards per game allowed. But really the biggest reason is that defensive interior, how hard those guys come downhill, how hard they are to move off the ball and how well they tackle. Yeah. And the the tackling is the big thing here. You have two very, very good players that are, are strong cleanup players, particularly Bobby Wagner. And then again, Jamal Adams, that is why they've been so good against the run. But conversely, as we said, it makes a lot of sense why they're so bad against the pass and why they, they have one of the worst statistical defenses in the NFL is because they are last in passing yards allowed per game. They are so bad defending the pass that they're currently allowing 30 more yards per game than the second worst team, which is, of course, of all teams, the Atlanta Falcons. That number is 328.3 yards per game. That is a horrendous statistic and a big reason why is they they lack talent at corner, they lack talent at other defensive back positions, and then additionally, their defensive ends are just straight up not good. Yeah, for pretty much the first half of the season, the Seahawks' best pass rusher was Demontre Moore, who he is currently suspended for PEDs. Uh, the Giants Giants fans kind of know what kind of player Demontre Moore is, but you know they've drafted a rookie de- uh, defensive end, Alton Robinson. He hasn't played a whole lot. They are able to generate sacks with their pass rush, but a lot of that is because of how good of a blitzer Jamal Adams is. You know, their pass defense, they've dealt with injuries. Uh, Shaquille Griffin has dealt with an injury. Jamal Adams has dealt with an injury. So they've been forced to reach into their depth chart with guys who are you know, just not starters. So if you get, you know, if you have to go into your depth chart in the secondary and then your defensive front isn't getting consistent pressure, that is that is just a recipe to give up yards, especially when you're forcing other teams to throw to try to keep up with you. One thing I'd also like to point out is is the lack, like I already mentioned, the lack of talent that they have at defensive end. You already touched on this a tiny bit. They only really create pressure when they blitz. And Jamal Adams is a guy that is a very good blitzer. He is somebody that they, they tend to blitz a lot with him and he's actually leading the team in sacks. They just don't have the talent to rush the passer with a regular three or four man front. When they have their their set normal group of guys on the edge, whether it's Carlos Dunlap, LG Collier, who is a former first round pick, those guys are not effective pass rushers. So when you're not blitzing, you need to realize that you're going to have some extra time. Conversely, when pressure's coming, you need to prepare to get the ball out quickly. Cole McCoy needs to be smart and wary of all this. Otherwise, he's going to get put on his ass a lot during this game. Yeah, absolutely. The The Giants are going to need to watch out for how the Seahawks compensate for their lack of a pass rush, or their lack of a natural pass rush, I should say. Against the Eagles, they were able to get six sacks. Uh, well, well, five sacks. One was kind of a gift from the refs where they said Carson Wentz was in the grasp, but eh, not really. So even just still five sacks. 
one of them was a pretty impressive blitz from Jamal Adams, where he was lined up with the linebackers, looked like he was settling into his zone. And then once the running back looked elsewhere, he came screaming downhill and just blew Wentz up. They also do like to use some stunts and games along the defensive line. So the communication is going to have to be there among the Giants defensive linemen. And like we said before, keep an eye on Jamal Adams, know where he is and what he is doing. And Colt McCoy, he's smart. He's got a quick release. But the fact that he is not really a threat to scramble, extend plays, hurt the defense with his leg, that does make things easier with or that does make things easier for the Seahawks defense. All right, folks, that is going to be it for our preview episode for this week's matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in and taking the time to spend uh, this period of time with us. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed the show. Follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at RaptorMKII, and also at BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. Also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. Stay tuned on Saturday as we will be doing yet another Scouting Report episode. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 